Hello, and welcome to the Welligant Woman Podcast, a place for women over 40 who are ready to transform midlife, reimagine what's possible, and make each new decade better than the last. I'm your host, Karen Viesta, certified health and life coach. And after going through my own midlife reinvention, I can honestly say that I now experience more energy, vitality, confidence, and joy than I ever have before. Each week, I'll be sharing information, inspiration, and strategies to help you do the same. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode five. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday morning, and I've had a pretty full morning. I got up early and went for a long walk, had breakfast with my best friend, and now I'm sitting here and chatting with you guys. So I would say this Sunday is off to a pretty great start. Um, I'm excited about today's topic. Today we're talking about the best ways to measure health, um, which I think is a really important topic and something very useful for everybody to know, not just women in midlife, but especially for women in midlife who, um, you know, maybe trying to kind of get a read on where they're at in this journey and and what's going on inside their bodies. Uh, Before I get to that, though, I do want to address a question that I get asked a lot. I think it's a great question because there is some kind of ambiguity around it. And that is, what is a health coach? What is the role of a health coach? So the way I like to describe it, I think of a health coach as being kind of your personal health cheerleader, um, a guide and a partner. Uh, Health coaches help people implement lifestyle changes so that they can improve their physical health. Doctors will sometimes recommend health coaching if they have patients with chronic health conditions, for example, you know, maybe diabetes or hypertension, um, or just simply people who need to make certain lifestyle changes who are struggling and could use some support around that. So, you know, the way I like to think of it, a health coach is simply one part of your wellness team. And the reason I bring that up is that when I have, uh, when I cover topics such as the one that we're covering today, I want to be perfectly clear that I am not a medical doctor. Um, I will never attempt to diagnose anybody or offer medical advice. My goal is simply to educate and provide you with information so that you can then take that information to your doctor. You know, I'd like to make sure you're aware and informed and to help you open up those conversations with your medical professional so that you can advocate for yourself. So I just want to be kind of clear about that right from the outset. So as for today's topic... For years, we've been conditioned to believe that the number on the scale is an indicator of health. And I am going to bust that myth for you in today's episode. I'm here to tell you that your weight is not at all a reliable indicator of health. It never has been. It never will be. And particularly in midlife, we need to get a much broader picture of what's going on in our bodies. So one of the reasons that weight is um, such an unreliable indicator of health is that it fluctuates a lot, right? Based on the time of day, the time of the month, um, what foods we've eaten and when, what we've drank and when. You know, these are all things that can cause your weight to go up or go down. And furthermore, 
Weight doesn't tell the complete story about what that weight is made up of, right? There are certainly people um, whose weight is quote unquote normal and yet they've got health issues. So it really doesn't tell us a lot of information about what's going on inside the body. For that matter, neither does BMI. Uh, BMI stands for Body Mass Index, and it's another metric that doctors will um, often use to assess health. Uh, if you go in for a routine physical, it's probably pretty likely that during that exam, doctors will note your BMI, and it's based on you know a couple of different factors, height, weight. Um, the problem is that BMI doesn't take into account the percentage of body fat versus the percentage of muscle mass. So you could have a low BMI, but still have a high percentage of fat. And most dangerous is visceral fat, which is the fat that accumulates around the middle. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, but So that's an example of where BMI, like weight, is just a really incomplete picture. And so it doesn't give us a ton of information. Um, it doesn't look at the whole person. So it's not really accurately assessing one's health. So now that we know what metrics are not reliable indicators of health, the question is, what are the metrics that we can use to accurately assess our health? And I'm going to run through a number of them. Some of them are tests that your doctor's office can order or perform. Others are tests that you can do yourself at home. And others are kind of just an examination of habits and lifestyle factors. Um, and this is really important information that most women are unaware of. Now, don't worry about taking notes. I'm going to be providing a lot of information but if you're like me and you're listening while you're driving or doing other things, it might not be convenient for you to take notes. So what I'm going to do is I will provide a free cheat sheet that goes along with this episode. It will list out for you all of the metrics that I'll be speaking about. All you need to do is go to wellagentwoman.com forward slash measure health and put in your name and email address and I will get that out to you right away. So don't worry about taking notes. Um, as far as tests that your doctor can order uh, or perform. One is blood pressure. That's an important metric of health. And essentially, blood pressure is the pressure that is exerted against the artery walls. And when this is greater than it should be, it strains the arteries and the heart and can lead to a heart attack or a stroke. So there are two numbers, um, systolic and diastolic. The systolic is the number on top. So you'll, you'll usually hear them give you your blood pressure as, you know, such and such over such and such, right? There's a top number and a bottom number. The top number, systolic, should be 120 or less. The bottom number, diastolic, should be 80 or less. So that's an important um, measure of health. The second measure of health is inflammation. We now know that inflammation is really the root cause of all diseases and chronic conditions and many of the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. There is a blood test that measures, among other things, something called C-reactive protein. 
And when these levels are high, it means that there is inflammation in the body. Uh, and if that's the case, very likely your doctor will want you to make some lifestyle changes to combat that, such as an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, so that test for inflammation is another test that I would say you, you will want your doctor to, uh, to order for you. Uh, now, also tested by you know, a simple blood test are cholesterol levels. So this measures the level of cholesterol and certain fats in the blood. And once again, you know, when it's high, doctors will recommend either medication or lifestyle changes depending on how high it is. So when you're having your annual blood work done, that's another test that you'll want to make sure that your doctor is ordering. And then finally, uh, the fourth test that doctors um, will order frequently and, and one that's really a great measure of health is blood sugar levels. This gives us a lot of insight into glucose levels and metabolism. And it can be an early indicator of conditions such as diabetes and prediabetes. So looking at blood sugar levels along with these other things is important. So as far as tests that your doctor can perform, blood pressure is a great indicator of health, levels of inflammation in the body, cholesterol levels, and blood sugar levels. Um, be aware that as estrogen production declines, women are at an increased risk of these conditions. So these are tests that will provide good information about the state of your health. And if you're somebody who doesn't routinely go for a physical, I would strongly suggest an annual physical where these things are tested on a regular basis. Now, in addition, there are some tests and assessments that we can perform at home that are pretty easy and will, will give us, you know, again, some insight into the state of our health. One is our resting heart rate, and this is super easy to measure. You want to just simply, you know, put your two fingers at your carotid artery or on your wrist where you can feel your pulse. And then for 60 seconds, you just want to count the number of beats. Uh, I think morning is the best time to do this because, again, you want a resting heart rate, so you don't want to be in the middle of your day busy and, and running around and then stopping to do this. You really want to do it when your body has been at rest for a period of time. So morning is great. And normal is considered to be between 60 and 100 beats per minute. The higher the number, um, you know, indicates a higher health risk. So if you're above 100, uh, that would be something to, of course, discuss with your doctor. The second home test or home assessment is heart rate recovery. In other words, how quickly does your heart rate return to normal after being elevated? And there are th uh, a couple of measurements you can take to figure this out. So what you want to do is first you want to get your heart rate up. So you want to make sure you're exercising for about 20 minutes. Then you're going to stop. Again, put your fingers you know, either on your carotid artery or on your wrist where you can feel your pulse. And you're going to count uh, for 60 seconds how many beats. Note that number. And then you're going to wait a full two minutes. And you're going to do the same thing again. So for another 60 seconds, you're going to count 
and you're going to subtract the second number from the first number. And the difference between the first and second measurement should be between 22 and 52 beats per minute. Okay, so that's considered to be a normal uh, rate of recovery. And the third test that you can do to yourself is called the waist to hip ratio. And this is a huge indicator of health because it pretty accurately reveals whether you're carrying visceral fat, which is fat around the midsection. So I mentioned this earlier, and I'm going to just um, talk about this for a moment. Visceral fat is the fat that accumulates around the middle. It creates kind of an apple-shaped figure. And people who have visceral fat tend to have a, a larger waist circumference relative to their hips. Um, now, what is dangerous, what's particularly dangerous about visceral fat is that the fat wraps around the organs, which can create a number of health issues. So it's, it's really dangerous to be carrying a lot of visceral fat. It also happens to be something that we are at an increased risk of as we approach um, menopause. So as we're going through perimenopause and menopause, you will often note that women carry more weight in the middle. In fact, I think they call it the menopot. Um, and that is really the accumulation of visceral fat. So when we take the waist to hip ratio, that's really what we're looking to measure there. And the way we do that is that you take a tape measure and you measure the smallest part of your waist and you note that number. Then you measure the largest part of your hips and you note that number. When you divide the waist number by the hip number, you should end up with your waist to hip ratio. And for a woman, that number should be about 0.85. If it's one or greater, it indicates that you're carrying visceral fat and that is something that you will definitely want to address with your, your doctor. Um, so we've got tests that the doctor performs. We've got tests that we can perform at home. And then there are certain questions that I would encourage you to, uh, to consider. These are questions related to habits and lifestyle factors. And again, they're a really good indicator of wellness. One is hydration. Are you drinking at least half of your body weight in ounces? Um, the biggest sign of dehydration is dark urine. Urine should ideally be almost clear. Now, you know, obviously after taking a lot of supplements, you will probably notice that your urine is bright yellow. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. That's, you know, very normal and clears pretty quickly. But when you have dark urine throughout the day, it's an indication that you are a little bit dehydrated and that you need to drink water. So you should be drinking at least half of your body weight in ounces. Another question to consider, how many fresh fruits and vegetables do you eat in a day? At least five servings is what's recommended, and a serving is approximately one cup. Um, so that's something you'll want to keep track of. How many fruits and vegetables do you consume in an average day? Uh, Another question is movement. How much time do you spend exercising each day? You'll want to make sure that you're raising your heart rate for at least 30 minutes per day. 
um, most days of the week. And for a woman in midlife, I would have, you know, an additional uh, element, an additional question of, are you strength training? Because elevating your heart rate is great for that cardio conditioning, but women in midlife need the strength training as well in order to maintain muscle mass and bone mass. Uh, and it also helps with metabolism. So that's another perk of strength training. Uh, the fourth question is alcohol consumption. How many drinks per week do you consume? How many alcoholic drinks a week? The fewer the better, obviously, but anything over four is a red flag when it comes to health risks. And, um, and this is just kind of an aside, Alcohol is also known to exacerbate the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. So if you are somebody who's experiencing a lot of symptoms, look to your alcohol consumption and that might, um, you know, that might help give you some, some valuable information. Uh, finally, the last question is regarding sleep. And I know this is a tough one for all of us ladies in our 40s and 50s, um, but the question is, are you getting seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep most nights. Sleep deprivation is linked with a whole host of diseases, heart disease and, and many other uh, diseases and chronic conditions. Uh, and, you know, like alcohol, it will exacerbate the other symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. So this is a time to pay close attention to your sleep patterns. So again, um, don't worry about jotting all that down. I have the cheat sheet for you, which is easy to download. But I want to just impress upon you that the next time that you feel inclined to jump on the scale, remember that it really tells you nothing about the state of your health. And if you really want to do yourself a favor, forget about the scale entirely and instead make an appointment for a complete physical and request that your doctor perform the tests that I mentioned. In addition, do the home tests that I mentioned and evaluate your lifestyle choices and habits. When you do those things, you'll have a much better overall indicator of your health. And from that place, you can make much better wellness decisions and choices. Okay, so don't forget to go to welligantwoman.com forward slash measure health and put in your email so that I can send you the cheat sheet that outlines everything I just spoke about. It's super helpful. It's free, obviously, and I will get it out to you immediately. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Welligant Woman podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to subscribe, and I'd love it if you would leave a five-star review and share it with others. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next episode.